Well, officially, good morning uh, from me. And uh, I'm going to be talking from this psalm, looking at uh, the delight of study. We've had the last two weeks, which I've thoroughly enjoyed, uh, where we've had teaching about the authenticity of Scripture, about the truth of it, about the whole way that it reflects Jesus, and how we, as Riverside Church, are a Bible-believing church. We believe it is the truth, and we believe that it is the truth that sets us free. But what we have in this third week is a slightly different angle because David in this psalm, and it is attributed to David, actually says, why wouldn't you? Why would you miss out? He says it's more precious. He's a king, and yet he says it's more precious to him than anything else. But there is something in this psalm that resonates with me with this, that we either see the reading and study of Scripture as this onerous, heavy thing that we must do in order to improve, and many of us will have that view. And maybe even the last couple of weeks, you felt perhaps a sense of duty, but I I felt really, as I prayed for today, to to kind of lift us a little bit by saying, saying this is joy why wouldn't we do it I'm the sort of person and I know many of us are that if you tell me not to do something I want to do it I have FOMO as well so if I'm missing out on something when I used to live in a community of 10 people I would go to bed numerous times saying I'm going to have an early night I would hear a party downstairs I would become fully clothed and I'd have to go back down there there was something in me that couldn't miss out I just couldn't. Other people were much more disciplined, but I couldn't. And I suppose my heart is for us that we say we have been given this delightful book that is the Bible. Why would we not want to do what David says it does for him? He says it refreshes him. Many of us here this morning will say, I can't do it because I'm overwhelmed. But the psalm would say, do it because you are overwhelmed and it will refresh your soul that this is inner transformation from truth, that that's what this is, that actually even if you read a verse, and I'm going to talk a bit about that later, a verse every day, it will bring about inner change in how you live and how you view yourself, how you view others around you. So as we look perhaps at the joy of study and the truth of it, I do believe, and you can challenge me on this, but I do believe that the enemy, whatever that means to you, does not want us to read our Bibles. And we know there's a spiritual battle going on. And I think if there's one way that he can divert us, it will be to say that this is irrelevant or that this no longer has a meaning. Uh, And actually, C.S. Lewis, again, puts it brilliantly in his uh, book, The The Screwtape Letters. If you don't know that book, it's the sort of premise of kind of what these devils are doing to unarm this guy called Subject, who is a threat to them because he's a passionate Christian. And the devils get together, and one of them says, Screwtape himself says, it's funny how mortals always picture us putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by kind of trying to keep the truth out. And I know, because I think I grew up, particularly as a teenager, thinking there are lies coming into my mind. And many of us who struggle with mental health will know what that feels like. That actually there are lies about identity, there are lies about ourselves that we fight. But here in the Bible, we have an antidote to that. And the world would say, keep the truth out in many areas. And yet God would say, get this truth in. 
because it will change the way that we are. It will change the way that we think and the way that we relate. Uh, a really, really helpful thing. And this guy, Jerome, is the guy, um, <laughs> pretty amazing beard, I may say. Um, here's the guy that translated original scriptures, and this is a painting depicting him doing that, translating into Latin. And uh, I don't know whether you can see all of the, the foreground there, but as he studies, there are some interesting things going on that the painter wanted to show us. The light that is falling as he studies. The cupboards above him are lit up. At his feet are his hat, which would have had his badge of honour. His badge of office would have been on his hat. In other words, as he studies scripture, everything is set aside. His status, if you like, goes onto the ground. It's almost irrelevant. Another thing that happens is that his shoes come off. His shoes are there because he's on holy ground. That's what the painter wanted to depict. Another thing that happens, and you can only just see this unfortunately, but there's a little bear asleep in the corner there. That is, Jerome was known to have taken a thorn out of the paw of a bear, and yet the bear is lying dormant at rest. In other words, the picture is of a man engrossed in study, but actually the world is realigned around him, and enlightenment is coming through that as he lays down, whether it's his, his bear, his slippers, his hat, his badge of honour, he is, is enlightened, he's lit up by it. And uh, I, I think it's a, a beautiful picture. Brother Andrew, and we're going to hear from Andy Worthington in a few minutes about the work of Open Doors and how, what they will risk for the delight of the Bible. But Brother Andrew said this, surely one of the saddest sentences in scripture is the cry of the psalmist, no one cares for my soul. How many millions would echo that complaint today? In other words, the Bible is soul care. So if your soul is wounded, if it's fractured, if it's weary, even getting a verse of scripture today that you can read and meditate on will bring refreshment and restore our soul. Verse 7, as Nathaniel read, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. So in these, you'll have these next three standards, these verses that actually say, what is it then? David's saying, what is it that I love so much about scripture and why do I recommend it? And he says, it's perfect. And we heard uh, from Tim last week about how we can add nothing to it nor take anything away. It is life to us, truth to us, and it's refreshing for our inner being. But the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. That alignment that we all have, whatever our intellectual capability, the Bible, will give us wisdom and actually it is the great leveler for all of us if we think the more intellectual we are the more we will understand scripture I believe we are wrong some of the wisest people I have known in my life have been people who are not of learning but have wisdom that has been given them by God one of the girls that I was in salt mine with uh, was a dancer who had some very, very significant learning difficulties, undiagnosed when she was at school. She would have a lot more support now, actually, we hope. Um, but she didn't, so she couldn't do her GCSE. She was self-taught. She was told she would fail. Uh, teachers told her she wouldn't do well, and she, by sheer grit, got through them. Uh, really, really amazingly courageous girl. 
but she totally understood the Trinity more than anyone I'd come across. And when I said, well, how do you get it? Because I still struggle with it. How did you understand it? She said, well, I suppose when I've just read the Bible, I've got to know all three, and I've put them together. And, and such wisdom, by actually in this book, the Bible, we get to know who the Holy Spirit is and what he's able to do amongst us. We get to know the person of Jesus. If you look back at the painting, what is over it all? The cross of Jesus. But as he's interpreting scripture, as he's getting from the Hebrew into Latin, there over it all is Jesus that actually he is getting to know Jesus, even then as he gets to know the, the precepts of the, of the law. The precepts of the Lord, in other words, the principles of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes, that sense of enlightenment that comes. Now, I don't want to do a disservice, or um, I, I hope you know I would be honest with you, that every time I read the Bible, that doesn't happen. I don't suddenly feel that I've got radiant eyes and that I'm enlightened and fully wise. I believe that some of this stuff is about storage, if you like. It's about inner transformation of breathing in the truth and saying, I didn't understand that this morning, Father. I really didn't quite get that. How many of us have been in that position where we just think, I didn't get that? But it's not a cerebral exercise. It's not an intellectual exercise that we're engaged with. It is medicine for our souls. And our souls are weary in so many ways. And yet this is enlightenment and joy and radiance. R.T. Kendall, who's quite a well-known speaker and a very, very wise guy, great speaker on all sorts of things, found that in his early ministry, where he was getting a bit of fame and renown, he was becoming incredibly judgmental. And uh, he started being very judgy, which can happen to any of us. And so he took um, just the word where Jesus says in Matthew, um, do not judge that you may not be judged. And he read it every single day for five years. Because he said, I do not want to be a judgmental person. What he's doing now, interestingly, is that he is reading Romans 12.3 every day. And he's set about doing that for two years. Because he says um, he started to have a bit of an ego. He started to believe his own publicity. And so this is what he reads. I'll read you Romans 12 verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. So it keeps him right. Does that make sense? If you and I are frustrated that all our New Year's resolutions have gone to pot or dry January or whatever has, has not worked out the way that we hoped it would or that that sin that just keeps coming back to us, that secret addiction that nobody knows about, we cannot beat it. I would suggest that this is very, very powerful stuff because it says it has supernatural power. It's not just about study, it's about the supernatural in the study that makes the difference. And someone like R.T. Kendall, who has a very lovely way about him, a very humble way about him, says, I'm doing this for two years so that scripture changes. So the first five years was to do with how he viewed others. These two years have been to do with how he views himself. Simple ways. Now we might think, oh gosh, I can't read scripture, you know, I haven't got time, but most of us can read one verse. 
most of us can if it's on our phone or we've got it on audible or whatever we've got or we learn it because I guess over five years I hope you knew it off by heart I'm guessing you did uh, that actually as we repeat it uh, that actually something changes um, within us um, I want to, before I introduce Andy, to just talk a little bit about what David goes on to say. King David says that of all the wealth, of everything that he has in terms of his status, his ranking, his renown, that it actually these, these scriptures are more precious to him than gold. They're everything to him. And we know he got things wrong. We know that actually in his rule he got things very right and very wrong. And yet God said he was a man after his own heart. And I think a lot of that is about authenticity. That actually he wanted to know God and to be known by God. And I believe all of us, and I would include myself definitely in this, that we've neglected the privilege that study is. We've seen it as onerous rather than liberating. And um, I know for me, when I went to Korea in May this year, to see not only what people would risk for scripture, and I'll ask Andy about that, but also to meet people who had lived in North Korea with no scripture, grown up with no scripture, reading scripture for the first time and saying, I know this already. God told me this on a mountainside when I was washing clothes. God spoke to me with that verse, you are my child, fearfully loved, I heard it. Now that takes it off the page into something that is fully alive and exciting for us. And with that, and I, I really believe that that can go one of two ways. We can either feel, or oh, we're not like that, or we can actually think, wow, we've got this. We have the gift of this. Uh, we don't have to go and, and dig it up from the garden uh, and, and put a blanket over us, that we can do this, that we can memorise scripture as well, as Andy said. Uh, I wanted to close just by dipping into the New Testament, because when Jesus, when Jesus came back from the dead and walked the, the Emmaus Road with the disciples when they didn't even recognise him, uh, what did he want to do with them? After being away, what he wanted to do was open up the scriptures to them. As they walked, we read that actually Jesus opened up the scriptures. And when the revelation comes that it's the resurrected Jesus, this is what they say. Were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and he opened up the scriptures to us? In other words, all that David has said in the Old Testament about radiance, about enlightenment, about refreshment, about joy, Jesus was able to do that with his little band of followers as he came back having conquered death and was able to enliven them. If you like, he brought their hearts to life once again as he opened up the scripture. And so my prayer for us as we close and as we go into a time of, of response, and there will be prayer um, if you do feel that you just want a little bit like the baby at the beginning, that you want your joy in it to be restored. Perhaps you've never, ever read the Bible. Perhaps if you like, it's a sense that you've been deprived, that God today even would want to say, I have this gift for you. Don't bury it. Uh, learn it. Even learn a verse for the first time. I remember when I first started to read the Bible as a new Christian, that I absolutely could not get over how it spoke into my life, how it changed me. So much so that I'll be honest with you that actually in preparing for this talk, a lovely one of my best friends uh, came to stay with me last night. And uh, we're normally 
normally party girls, but what we did uh, in dry January, um, we, we studied the Bible together. Now, I don't say that as kind of that's a regular Saturday night for me because that's not true. And there are too many of you here that know that. But it was life to me. And actually, as we prayed out of it, I know that something changed within me that I've been hanging on to for a long time. So it works. That's the good news. And uh, when it turns into joy and adventure, um, it, it's exciting. 